Hello and welcome back to Football Gentron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. Adam here, along with Ottoman and Chadens. Uh, we are doing a quick take recording right after uh, Armenia just fell 2-0 away to Scotland in Hampton Park uh, in Glasgow. We are going to be wrapping up the first two matches of the UEFA Nations League and looking forward to the matches that are still ahead of us. Uh, gentlemen, Armenia just got off the back of a disappointing performance and loss away to Scotland in what is arguably our most difficult away match of this Nations League campaign already out of the way. Uh, two first half goals from the home side uh, from Ralston and McKenna, uh, both headers at the far post, uh, one coming from a corner uh, and the other just coming from across. Um we spoke in our preview of this match about how Scotland is going to look to cross the ball. And boy, did they cross it. Yeah, there's, there's not much to add. I mean, <laughs> other than the usual frustration, but I think we need to keep our heads together. I mean, uh, it wasn't as bad and it wasn't as good. You basically summed everything up. I'm just glad. That we got the hardest game, arguably, out of the way. Uh, Chadens, your boy, Liverpool uh, wingback and captain of Scotland. Uh, what was his name again? <laughs> Andy Robertson, I'm just joking. Champions League finalist uh, and winner, right? He had a hell of a game on the left side. I think Why? his leg was probably tired from crossing the ball. Um, how do you assess... Scotland's performance overall against us. Uh, Robertson was uh, typical Robertson, running down the wing all the time, crossing it. The crosses were expected. As we mentioned in the last episode, uh, they they crossed a lot of it. Um, very, very close, uh, very close attempts. They had many very close attempts. They were. It's what they wanted, and they got it. On their on their end, they can check. They can they can mark a tick on all the checklists that yeah, they have. Yeah, it was a professional display. It was on a their professional end, yeah. display. On their yeah. end, of course, it was. I, I think uh, Scotland had about twenty nine crosses Ish. in that game. Uh, <laughs> they they done their homework all right. Absolutely, and they had about four, uh, about 45 long balls, uh, of which 77%, 34 were accurate. So clearly their game plan was, if you're going to bunch up in the middle, we're just going to take the ball over the top. And um, it worked like a charm against us, as we said it would, because if there's one type of pass Armenia has historically been terrible at dealing with, it's these over-the-top balls, and... You know, with uh, our luck, we've got we've drawn against two teams in the same uh, same part of the continent that uh, that love love across of the ball. Um, this time around, <laughs> it's it was it was a very very good Scotland team, and and I think it's important for us to um, to look at this as a tale of two halves. I mean, this Armenia team, which was uh, set up almost identically. Uh, as to the game against Ireland, uh, I think the only change that was actually made 
was Vahan Bichakchan was dropped to the bench and Sargis Aldamian had mm-hmm. started. Not that that made a difference because neither him or Tigran Barcerian got any meaningful touches in the first half of this match. Armin, what are your thoughts on, on that first half, on our performances? <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I mean, it was a game of two halves. Of course, way better. We played way better on the second half. And uh, that first half was awful. I mean, you mentioned the amount of crosses and the amount of long balls to the to the long post and or to the far post and stuff and and the accuracy of them. But I'm sure that most of them must have come during the first half. Man, that was an awful first half. I'm glad that they even had a third goal ruled off on offside. Uh, that would have been way different. I mean, that could have been, if the goal wasn't ruled out and it went 3-0 to, to halftime, it could have well triggered the PTSD from the Norway game. And I think we're seeing a clear tendency here that Cap's philosophy lately has been uh, each game has 90 minutes. We play 90-minute long games. We must hold off the game as much as possible for the during the first half, get as well as possible as we possibly can to the second half, and finish off strong no matter how the result is. If we're close, we can win it in the second half. If we're not close, we can get closer in the second half. So the tendency is there. Uh, wrong calls have been made, but I, I'm not as pessimistic as many people are after any defeat. Yeah, I, I think I think the um, the pessimism stems from the fact that uh, we have some players that just it just feels like they're being wasted uh, with this style of play. I think that the, the two notable ones, and I think mm-hmm. that was especially obvious in today's game, was Sargis Adamian. Uh, the guy mm-hmm. was was li- literally yelled at. Como, uh, I think right before halftime, and the mics picked it up. Uh, because he was he was screaming at Como because he was so frustrated with uh, how yeah. this guy couldn't like get into the right position or <laughs> or make the right pass. And and you got to feel for the guy because like that's not Definitely. that's not quality you want to be surrounded by. And and I think also playing into that is is Spetsian, of course, another player we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Leading up to this, for to over these a games. year, uh, and for over a year, that you know the difference, may, the difference maker this kid can be. But you're not in this system getting the best out of him, and you're so mm-hmm. two players who are arguably our best and most talented attackers are not being utilized mm-hmm. properly in the system. Maybe it's time to rethink your system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and maybe, maybe hell, maybe it's time. To consider having more than one system. I mean, I don't know, man. The system did work uh, last time out against Ireland, but in, on some other games like today, uh, granted, of course, uh, rotation and fitness came into play, and and uh, we lost focus for today. Uh, but still, the system wasn't there. The system wasn't there against Norway. The system wasn't there last semester during the nations, uh, the, the group stage, uh, when we played competitive games against Germany, uh, Macedonia, Liechtenstein, Iceland. All those games were played on on a bad system, on the wrong system as well. 
maybe it's time to have more than one system, even if that means not being as used to one system as as you should be. You have to have more than one one alternative. You yeah, have to make the most of Edward Spetsian. Come on. Yeah, and and there and there were changes. Um, maybe not necessarily in the shape, but there were tactical adjustments that were very uh, notable in the second half. Of course, Scotland scored both of their goals in the first yeah. half, and uh, Armenia had a much brighter second half. Uh, there was a triple substitution to start off the second half, where Vahan Bichakchan, Wevemar Angulo, and Daron Voskanian were all brought in. Uh, in place of Artak Grigorian, Kamo Hovanesian, and Sargi Sadamian. Um, there were some And here's something impacts. important. Yeah, here's something important. I want to add, uh, add up to what you're just saying. Is something you highlight from time to time, Adam, uh, is how this, say, for instance, this uh, triple change over halftime uh, meant you brought in maybe not as good as uh quality in terms of personnel for the ones you were benching or replacing but the system changed and we played better in the second half arguably or <laughs> not arguably but visibly with uh not as good personnel as uh, the first half and the reason for that is the change in in, in tactics yeah it seemed that um the approach kind of became um the management team noticed that on the left side, the, the a Scottish left side, there seemed to be a lot of holes uh, because of, you know, how, um, yeah. how far and the pitch the, Andy Robertson was. And the approach must have turned into let's do our thing. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, and it let's, was a much let's better stop letting half. them. Let's stop letting them do theirs. And Chaudens, this is something that you were touching upon in our discussion before the match. Uh, sorry, before the recording. Uh Exactly how was Vahan Bichakchan able to get into these spaces and 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 create these chances that he did in the second half? He could easily do it. We saw it uh, several times. He could he could hold the ball, try to go forward. Uh, if if I'm not wrong from my observations, he was the maybe the first or the second player to be able the uh, best at keeping the ball and laying it off to the next players. Sarkis Adamian was doing that in the first half. In the second half, he was the one doing it and he was doing it very well. Uh, there were one or two times he it was given a foul against him, but he, he was, he was uh, very useful in that aspect. However, we still would like to note that he is for sure better used as a winger. But if he's used as a winger, you need someone in the middle. Yeah, and, and you're right, because all every single time he received the ball in a uh, in the second half that ended up in a dangerous play, it was on the right wing. So it's it's a little annoying that this keeps happening. You know, instead of taking Sako off, why don't you keep Sako up? move him to the right and take someone like Bairamian off. You know, that would make more sense. Um, but I don't know. A lot of Caps' decision-makings have been questionable. Um, it, I think the next game against Ukraine, how we line up, is going to be very telling. Uh, because he only made one mm-hmm. change in two games. You have McCoyan, who 
played 180 minutes. Uh, you have Haroyan, who's played 180 minutes. Arman Hovanesian, who's played, I don't know, he got injured. So maybe 150 minutes. Humbar Zuma I mean, played 180. You have options on the bench. You know, we, we have Girard Margarian, who can easily come in for Arman Hovanesian. We have uh, Jordi Ararat, who can easily come in for Humbar Zumian. Uh, we have um, Stiopa Mukherjee, who is probably likely yeah. to come in instead of Mukherjee. I think the reason in why these games, didn't... I don't think that would have been ideal because firstly, it's a, it's a, it's the most difficult yeah. game, like you said, it's arguably the most difficult game of this uh, mm-hmm. uh, of this campaign. First and second is that uh, the first game they were gonna play again because you want to start off well. Uh, and that was our first yeah, game. It, they, that's what I was going to get into. So it, yeah, it's logical exactly. that they wouldn't play this game as well. Now, the next game, it depends. Uh, we're going to be away. We're not going to be in Ukraine, but we're still going to be in an away <laughs> game. Uh, what he does is up to him, obviously. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, and, and you know, I was going to get into this because I agree. I mean, maybe I don't agree, but I do see the logic. I mean, uh, the, the formula for this game and for playing uh, mostly the same lineup as three days ago or four days ago, uh, Saturday, well, uh, against Ireland was clearly pro- prioritizing form over fitness. And you want players that are confident, at least in your, if you're in Cap's head, right? The logic was that one. And those players that played today against Scotland come of a great game against Ireland on Saturday. But, of course, they lost focus. Speaking of Ireland, I think that before going into rotation versus Ukraine and stuff, we need to not get ahead of ourselves and analyze a little bit the game that we did win. Yeah, the first one. Agreed. So, shifting our focus over to Armenia versus the Republic of Ireland, which took place a few days ago uh, in Yerevan. In it was very, a tactical masterclass. Come it, on. It, it was. It was a tactical masterclass by Joaquin Kabarasu, who um, had an identical approach that he did to the Scotland game, um, except for the fact that this actually worked. Um, and I think it's very telling that um, in his post-match press conference, uh, Joaquin Kabarasu, he did a really short one after the loss against Scotland. Uh, he was asked about uh, uh, by by a Scottish journalist uh, about the Irish team and the Scottish team. He says, what do you make of them after having played both sides? And he said they both play very similar physical styles of play. Yeah. But I, I agree to a certain extent um, because mm-hmm. the major difference between these two sides where Ireland kept on trying to attack down the middle and kept on trying to break through our line on the ground while, Scar- while uh, Scotland smartened up and kept the ball in the air. But nevertheless, Armenia held their ground amazingly well. Uh, the entire team did a fantastic effort. No lapses in concentration. I think they had a couple chances at most in Ireland. And we had created some chances, uh, first and foremost, in that second half being Tigran Barsegan's goal, which was later ruled offsides uh, on Hambar Zumian, uh, who was a little ahead of his man uh, before the pass. Uh, but that was just a warning shot that was fired uh, when ultimately Eduard Sverzian, uh, who picked up the ball in midfield and just drove straight to the top of the box with, I mean, little to no resistance uh, from the Irish players 
and scored an absolutely beautiful goal uh, that kissed off the post uh, right past Kelleher, who is the uh, deputy to Allison at Liverpool. Um, it was a great game. It was a great display. And it was also a great instance of how when Joaquin Caparos does his homework correctly, things go exactly the way that he has planned. But, and I'm going to pitch this to you, Ogman, we were not as sharp as we would have hoped to have been, especially in the first half of this game against Ireland. And we saw echoes of this in the first half against Scotland. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you play certain players that are really not good enough to be national team players. But for some reason, they keep getting, getting called up. And I think the the tactics were okay. And, and the team was there. And even for the not-as-good players, they did have good game, a relatively good game against Ireland. Some there's always things that need to need to change, but even with this team, even with this squad, and and uh, which with which we may not fully agree with on, you know, with the call ups, with some call ups at least, even with that, I think we can on a good day beat any team that's in our group. Of course, we're still the minnows, but uh, things did go well against Ireland. Yes. The first half was not good, uh, or at least we had some lapses of like losing focus. But for the most part, uh, we did okay. Of course, we that same loss of focus against Scotland cost us dearly. Uh, I said in the live we we did it right before the Scotland game that one mistake was enough while well, we had two, if not three. So, uh, again, a lot to, to, to work on, but I think the Ireland game was a masterclass. Chaudens, uh seeing as though, you know, Joaquin Caparo said that these two teams are, uh, being Scotland and Ireland, played very similarly, what do you assess was the difference, in your opinion, uh, as to why we were successful against Ireland but uh, failed to pick up any traction against Scotland. From my observations, Scotland were faster, more confident. Uh, they they do have uh, more quality players. I'm not I'm not trying to say that they're they're better team. It's just that they have more uh, players of huge well-known quality uh these were the key the key differences between them two that posed a huge threat on armenia yeah i think they were i mean as that song says um harder better faster stronger than ireland i think the physicality we both we associate both ireland and scotland Similarly, you know, because they are very close to each other, England and Wales as well, uh, to be physical teams, right? Because this is the leagues that they play in are very physical leagues, mm. except uh, 
Scotland was a step above physicality wise. They were, they were, especially on that second goal. I mean, I think it was Armand Hovanesian was like, looked like a a little kid compared. (laughs) Uh, So it was a little bit frustrating. Well, yeah, there's that too. And uh, along with that was that the, the, I don't know if the players expected it, if they did not expect it, but that, that that causes a huge problem as well. Like you said, Arman was kind of not confused in some cases, in some instances, uh, which is normal, really. I mean, not, nothing's going to be perfect. So, boys. I think the 2-0 is okay. I mean, for goal difference. We were we were never really anticipating to win this game. I think we just wanted to be competitive, <laughs> hoping for a draw. I think was and we were. Come on, I mean, after especially only because the goal, the third goal was offside, but we did wind up being competitive for most of the game, especially the second half. Yeah, and and I think um, I think the second half, of course, against Scotland was a much better display. It was very similar to the display against the Republic of Ireland. Um, as we said, there were some chances that were fashioned. Uh, just the shots at the end of them just weren't um, weren't that strong. And it kind of led us to... Um, it just, you know, it just didn't, didn't seem like it was our night. And that's fine. Uh, we don't have any time to mope. We don't have any time to think about it because in a few days' time, uh, we're going to be playing against the Ukraine uh, on Saturday, so it's going to be a quick turnaround, and the players are going to, you know, have to have uh, short-term memory of this game and really just try their best uh, to recover in the next couple of days and, uh, you know, prepare themselves mentally as good as possible uh, to prepare for this game uh, the, and because it's going to be really important for us to get something out of it, uh, considering it's the away leg. Uh, it would, it would. It would bode us well, I, I would think. Uh, so final thoughts, boys, uh, before we wrap up this quick take episode. Uh, we are currently sitting on three points. We are third in the table. Scotland is first in the table with a plus two goal difference. Ukraine is second with a plus one goal difference after they had edged out the Republic of Ireland 1-0. Uh, Armenia sit third with three points and a negative one goal difference uh, because of this 2-0 defeat. And... Ireland are bottom of the table on zero points and a negative two goal difference. Um, still on three points, like everyone else, except uh, we've already played two games. Yeah, Scotland that's and the Ukraine have only played one. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we have for today. Any closing thoughts, boys? We shall see yeah. on Saturday. Yes, we shall see Saturday. I expect to see some rotation. I mean, I we need so. to have some rotation uh, mm. against Ukraine. It's going to be the arguably another one of the toughest games mm. because Ukraine did. I mean, not to, the, to you know to underestimate Ireland or anything, but Ukraine literally played 11 second string players. So you know they're going to be playing full force against us in uh, this Saturday, and. I don't know Make how to, to to address this. You know, you you have a front three 
that should be in perfect fitness, which is Vaham Bichachyan, Sarkis Adamian, and Edgar Babayan, which is super dangerous against any defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the middle, I th- we need to see some changes because the really tired legs are down the middle. Horen uh, by Damian and Dartakrikoyan especially, they need to be changed. And I would play, say, uh, I would give some, the, the first uh, cap to Rudik Makarjan, I want to see how he fares against some of the best attackers in the world in Yarmolenko, Zinchenko, Malinovsky. Uh, it would be interesting. And again, wholesale different uh, changes in defense. Uh, I think it's going to be a game to four scouts. And then against Scotland next weekend, uh, no, sorry, next Tuesday, we need to play full force with the mix of the fittest ones, the players that are the fittest. I don't know, bring, bring back bring back Eduard Spetsian, you know? Mix the ones that are the fittest and finish off strong in Yerevan next Tuesday against Scotland. That's the idea. Hopefully Cap sees it. Hopefully. So, just to reiterate, Saturday, June 11th, we play away to the Ukraine, and that match is going to be in Poland, or as I like to call it, Vaham Bichakchan's house. And then we uh, come back home to Yerevan on Tuesday, June 14th, to uh, wrap up this national team fixtures list at home to Scotland. Uh, that is going to be a little later kickoff time. Um, all right, boys, thank you for joining. This was a great session. Uh, a little bit disappointing with the loss today, but you know what? Three points out of six points in the first two games is um, is as good as I think we could have expected. Uh, we need to be calm and relaxed and hopefully get a result uh, away in Ukraine and then get another result at home uh, to wrap up this, uh, this national team camp. And uh, I think, like we said, the goal is to stay in League B. So as long as we can do that, uh, I think I think we're in good shape. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of Football Genshon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you don't already, please follow us on our social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. Uh, we do live tweet stuff. We do occasionally do some spaces. Uh, we like to have those types of discussions before matches. We've been enjoying it. Uh, and that's it. Well, all right, guys. Bye for now. We'll see you after the matches. Peace.